Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Hey, Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. And you're listening to America's Top 40. No? Uh, 40 things about church planning. Oh, there you go. Wow. Do you think we could come up with 40? Yeah, we could. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight. things today that I figured. Uh, Bivo better be about. one of them. I'm just saying. Uh, nine. Nine, nine. things. <laughs> <laughs> It actually was when I was writing the list, and then our podcast started. And I was like, well, this is just this week. We can always hit it back next week, too. So uh, before we get into our topic, because we've only got three episodes left, this being one of the three, right? 48, 49, 50, and then we're done forever. Um, What's going on, man? What's going on in your life? Anything new? Well, I am almost at the very end of my build. In fact, that should coincide right with the end of this podcast. It's like Methuselah, you know, when it is finished, it will come. Um, we, we basically, uh, my finished carpenter, uh, comes down today. Um, I think he's got a couple more days here and that's it. And then, really? uh, beyond that, it's, it's painting, which, uh, I'll be doing in the cracks and crevices of my life when I can find little bits of margin. Um, yeah. So we get really good with a spray gun, I think. Yeah. How many bedrooms is your house? One for each person and okay. two offices. Okay. Is the one of the offices in the garage still like you had it before? No, no. In fact, uh, what was my garage? Do you not have that garage office anymore? Or is that not like a mother-in-law room or something? No, that actually became now the front hallway. Oh, you combined so- the two. Yeah, you didn't know we combined the two buildings? Dude, how would I know? You and I talk like you a half come hour out. a week. You got to come see it. 
You you just got to come see my house, man. I didn't think I was invited. I didn't think your your wife. I thought she put down the law. <laughs> Don't ever let Pete well, come to our house. That was the rule. Yes, and uh, and when fact, I I approached your house, your dog was going to kill me. My dog will will kill anybody who approaches the house. That is true. <laughs> so, yeah, she she lets people know do not come onto this property, and if they do. Uh, you can tell. You can tell if someone's on the property because she hasn't bit anyone yet, but she keeps them cornered. So I've watched her corner two people so far. <laughs> keeps them cornered up against the fence, and they're like, "Oh!" And that's like, "You dummy! Why'd you why'd you walk into my yard?" Do you have a, a beware of dog sign on your? I do. Gate? I have okay. A big then that's beware. their stupidity. If right? you got a beware of dog and you don't beware of the dog, you're an idiot. Well, one of the people was the candy lady. So we get the candy lady. She walks around the neighborhood and we always buy something because we feel sorry for her. So we buy candy and it's like, how much? Oh, $10 a candy bar. And it's like, yeah, okay, great. it's a big candy bar. We didn't know $10, $10 candy bar. And uh, yeah, she, she, uh, she was cornered in the yard and she was so mad at my dog. And it was like, but you, you came in the yard like... You wanted to make a candy sale bad enough to where you were willing to risk a bite from my dog. So he had a cornered. And then uh, the other day, it was one of the one of the workers. So I just tell people, like, don't enter my property unless I come down. And uh, and then I'll, you know, I'll introduce you to the dog. And as soon as she uh, like like Eden the other day, Eden had a, um, a social worker come, you know, because she, uh, you know, is is you know, adopted and stuff like that and special needs. So she gets a, she gets a care worker from the County. This lady, uh, I, I walked her in. I said, are you afraid of dogs? Yeah. I didn't know. No, but my dog went and grabbed her toy and kept coming up to the lady and growling at her. And I said, Oh, you know, she, uh, she, she's telling you she's going to be angry if you don't grab the toy and throw it for her. <laughs> <laughs> but she would literally come up to her and go, Arr. And I said, no, no, she wants to play. She's telling you, uh, I'm not sure I like you until you throw my toy. And uh, so once you throw the toy, you're all right. That's hilarious. I can just imagine the social worker reports. (laughs) She reports back. Uh, P.S. Beware of dog. (laughs) Right, right. Or she writes, this child is safe. So I would think so, right? Because your dog probably like would way protect your kids. She's still growing too. I mean, are you serious? She was yeah. already like ninety pounds, wasn't she? Yeah, she she keeps growing because uh, Andrea had been watching online where you can't feed the dog. Like people feed Dobermans too fast, and they grow too too fast. They feed them too much when they're when they're really young, and they have this big growth spurt, and then it's really bad on their knees. So the Doberman experts are like, well, you know, you, you wait and then you, there's like a, a cycle, like a life cycle where you up their diet at a certain point after their legs are a little bit stronger because they'll grow too fast. And uh, so Andrea followed that. Now she's, she's still growing. She's hitting another growth spurt, but her legs are ready dog? for the weight. I think she's like 11 months now. Is that right? Oh, Does my dog's sound? older. No, than no, 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 no. That's not right. She's over a year. She's yeah, over that's a what year. I thought because yeah. my dog just turned one in september my dog's yeah. small man she's got to be the smallest pit bull you ever saw really like even ricky was bigger than zoe she's a pocket pit she is and she's got such the the lab face she has to be mixed with a lab 
Yeah. Just yeah. has to be. But she does this thing where she puts her ears out. And I'm not kidding. If she was green, you'd think you're looking at Yoda. It is That's the funniest so thing in the world. It's total Yoda right there. You got to send me some of those pictures because that dog has always been a beautiful dog. Yeah. And she's a lover, man. She loves every person and every other animal, which was unlike Ricky. Ricky liked people. Well, she tolerated people, but she hated other animals. Yeah. Just if she saw another dog, she went into red mode and wanted to go attack it. Wow. So let me, I feel bad for, for asking this, but there's both, your dog. Yeah, there she is. Hey, what are you doing? Do you hear me talking about you? Do you hear me talking about you? So Ricky and Lucy, um, they're both gone, right? Yeah. Yeah. We just so that's crazy, those. dude. When we started this podcast, they were both like very, we used to talk about them both. Yeah, that's true, huh? <laughs> what are you doing? Don't come in here and barf. <laughs> she didn't want those, but nothing. It was dry. Dry heaves. Yeah. yeah so know, uh, what about you, man? What's up in your life? Dude. So uh, I'm telling you, man, I think things are getting serious here at the Mitchell house about uh, leaving California. That's crazy, dude. <sighs> things I never, I never thought happen. I would hear Pete say. I know. Right. I, and not by my choice. <laughs> I would have left 20 years ago if I had been able to. But uh, yeah, so I've actually been. Uh, reaching out to friends who I haven't talked to in years, but I know they've moved to freer states like Texas and Tennessee and getting the lowdown from them on, you know, if I were to move out there, where should I move? What's the weather like? What are the, what are the things you wish you'd known when you'd moved, you know, all mm. that type of stuff, trying to get the the details on what's the, what's the best, what's the best thing to do for the family. Yeah, I'm hoping you'll hold off in case I go to one of the Carolinas. I might. Uh, I don't think I'm going to get my wife to go to the Carolinas. And by the way, go to North, not South. Really? Yeah. I don't know anything about either. But it's just I, it's it's a gun thing. <laughs> just go to the North. Well, not the South. It, to me, it's more of a crab thing. Like I want to know where can I get the best crab? I think North Carolina has the best crab. I'll take your word for it. We're not really seafood people here. Yeah. Yeah, I am. I mean, the crab alone. But, you know, the older I get, the more the more crab is not as appealing to me. Because I'm like, ah, I'm going to I got to be honest with you. If it's your family, if your family moved, I would like if we moved in the same area, that would literally be the greatest thing. Oh, that would ever. be amazing. That would be pretty dang cool. How many years has it been <laughs> since the last time you and I saw each other face to face, not on Zoom? It's been a I mean, couple of years. It's been a couple of years. Easy. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy, dude. Yeah. And that's not because of COVID. No. Yeah, okay. Part of it was a textbook, but I just, if I'm down there, I'm usually But it's not like, even that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you live not, not close. Yeah. I, I'm down San Diego. You're up, you know, right on the edge yeah. of LA County. Um, yep. We've got to cross through Orange County. And then if I'm up that way, it's usually because I'm doing something like either in LA or maybe I'm seeing the family. Like I, I've been thinking recently, like when Andrea goes to see her mom, I could skip over there sometimes on Sunday afternoon. She goes, so I think, Hey, maybe movie time. Maybe I could crash your movie, movie time, except you normally see the movies way before I go. So like James Bond comes out Friday and I'm thinking already, like, I don't think I'll go see it this week because I want to watch all the other ones again. Oh, it's a you? great excuse to watch them all. Yeah, it's tougher for me um, to see movies now because 
You got so, Luke. <laughs> yeah, it used to be that every Sunday Jamie would take Luke and Mackenzie and her mom and they'd go to the malls. Well, Luke's getting older now. And so he kind of realizes how stinking boring going to the mall is. He doesn't, I mean, he's not a shopper, right? He doesn't want to do right. that. And so he wants to hang out with me, not so much to hang out with me, but because he doesn't want to go there. So I can't, like, I don't have my Sundays the way I used to, where I'd go every Sunday to the movies. It's like, I can't do that because I can't take him to see a lot of the movies that I would see. They're right. just not appropriate for his age bracket. Um, but uh, yeah. So, I mean, we did see Venom this last Sunday. He and I went, so he'd never seen the first one. So we watched that on Saturday and then. Uh, do you like the first one? I liked them both. No, did I mean, he? Like, yeah, was, he it, did. was it age appropriate? Did you feel like, hey, this is okay? He can well, see the reason point. why I didn't have him watch Venom before that is because of how much more violent it is than the other Marvel movies. Because Venom like bites people's heads off, <laughs> That's right? And so I, I was like, uh, I don't know that he's because he was really sensitive <laughs> as a, a much younger child. I was like, I don't know if he's going to like it. So he didn't want to even see it because he could just tell by the trailer yeah. that it was going to be, but he liked it, he enjoyed it. How about how about this last one? Was it because it looked like they're going to play the humor card a lot more with Carnage? Is that what they did? I don't remember a lot of humor in it. Mm. So was it creepy? No, I mean okay. it's it's Marvel. I mean it's not creepy. Is it um, Marvel or is it Sony? Has, well, it's that it's yeah, it's not Marvel. Marvel. It's like licensed from Marvel kind of thing. Because I worked for Sony years back and i remember going to the factory and you know anything that sony had you could get super dirt cheap so i got a couple spider-man dvds as back in the day i was thinking the other day the very first dvd i ever owned do you remember what that was no mine was sleepy hollow oh no kidding yeah sleepy hollow i remember i bought it around halloween i had my new dvd player i was a missionary in wales that was a big deal because I had a VHS. I, I lugged this old VHS overseas and I had this converter, up down converter to take things from, uh, was it like 220 to, 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 to 110 or whatever it was? And, uh, or was it 240, 120? I don't remember. But I had, I had this up down converter that I, if I could use any American progr- uh, product, but I had to, this thing weighed, it was like a brick, dude. It was super heavy. And, uh, and I could convert anything, but that's, that's what I would use. Interesting. So, yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Huh. Weird times. But yeah, I was just thinking back yesterday, like, yeah, that was my, it's like your first album. Do you remember what your first album was you owned as a son of a Baptist pastor? Uh, I can tell you the first. Yeah, actually, I do know the first album I ever owned. Uh, the Mortal Kombat soundtrack to the original Mortal Kombat movie. Whoa. Wow. Finish him! Deen, deen, deen. Yeah. Great I, I techno music, Mortal man. Let me tell you. Kombat. Yeah. Great techno Heck music. Yeah. I saw that movie in the theater. I probably did. Who knows? Yeah. It wasn't a great movie, in fairness. Oh, I loved that movie. Did you? Kano? Dread. I don't oh, remember dude. much of it. I just remember being like, this was not. But, you know, I had some Sonya. cool parts was played by this gal. I think her name was like Bridget Wilson. She was Miss Vaughn in Billy Madison. So I loved it because it was Miss Vaughn. Oh, how funny. Playing Sonia. I was like, oh, that's perfect. Funny. That's great. 
So, so funny, man, these things. Well, hey, we're probably out of smack talk, uh, running into our actual topic today, which, uh, Pete, since we're shutting down the podcast, um, I thought it'd be good to talk about the things that uh, we have tried over our last almost 450 episodes to lay down for church planners. As you know, we are, you know, you can only do something for eight years uh, and not sound or feel repetitive. But um, of course, we've gone over all that. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it'd be good on our, our not our penultimate episode, but our next but one penultimate episode. That's a very British way of saying that. Um, next but one. Um, to talk about uh, what are some of the values and things that we have. Um, and I think our next two, our last one is going to be kind of like us talking, looking back, reminiscing. And uh, next next week, I don't know, we'll do something similar to this, but from a different angle. You know, we might talk about, um, you know, like we'll have our favorite moments. Uh, but maybe you mentioned the dolphin and that that to me. The dolphin. And I just realized that at your funeral, I'm going to make sure that everyone who <laughs> speaks at it is wearing a T-shirt with Jesus riding a T-Rex. Please. Yes. Because I, I told Pete today, I was like, Pete, I'm counting on you for my funeral. You know, I'm, I'm, you need to never grow up because I need you. I need you to, to deliver at my Dude, funeral. Could you imagine if I'm like 98 because you finally died at like 102 <laughs> and I'm going out there with the walker and I'm like, wait, <laughs> get me the dolphin. Get me the dolphin. Like, what, what are you talking about? The dolphin hologram? No, no, Daniel. I need an inflatable dolphin with a motor on it. <laughs> They're like, we don't, we don't know where we could get one of those. Like, harkening back that is grandpapa oh gosh harkening back to one of our greatest moments and uh pete's like i'm i'm sending those one of those up on your at, at your funeral <laughs> oh yeah and for people who haven't been listening to the podcast and don't know what we're talking about eh, too bad uh and then you need to peace out with me dragon it's <laughs> muy rapido <laughs> oh but we're, we're 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 stealing our own thunder who drew the who drew the 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 comic of the two of us and I was wearing the me dragonis mood rapido t-shirt and you had Jesus riding a T-Rex and someone drew that. And I think we stuck it in the church planner magazine. Was that the coloring book one? Maybe it was the coloring book one. I think I did that. Cause we, um, they, they uh, gosh, that was funny. Um, back in the beginning, for those of you that don't know, Pete and I used to do completely stupid things for this. Um, we, so, uh, Stephen Furtick came out with that, um, coloring book. You know, it was kind of like scandalous. He had this coloring book and, you know, it was, it was almost like a pledge. I pledge allegiance to Stephen Furtick and it, it got kind of like a bunch of, uh, negative press because people were like, Oh my gosh, you know, it's so cult like. And, uh, uh, so we, we made a comic book page. Um, with you and I on it, because in the comic book with Stephen Furtick, it shows Stephen Furtick, you know, and he's wearing his like open shirt and his rings and medallion or whatever. And uh, he's all hipster in it. And so we made one. And I think you've got uh, a, a snorkel. And because a, I had a, a picture mask. with me like that. <laughs> yeah. That's what it was based off. Of. Yes. And then, and then there's me and I got my little thing, you know, and, uh, some, there was something to do with ninjas on that one. I remember that. And, uh, and then it, it had a mock of whatever the text was. It was in Stephen Furtick's coloring book. 
I'll, I'll find that picture somewhere. And I actually colored on it. Like yes, I scribbled I on that. it, like a little kid had scribbled in Sunday school. And, uh, and we posted that and then we, I think you and I laughed about it and no one else did, but that is so, so true to the church planner podcast in the early days. Right. We amused yeah. ourselves largely. Yeah. So ain't nothing wrong with that. No. Nope. All right. Well, hit us, hit us doc. Uh, green Scott, it's time for this week's topic. <laughs> That's the worst one you've ever done. <laughs> Couldn't remember. I'm like, wait, Doc, what, what's he talking about? <laughs> that was that was the worst. Normally, you nail that. <laughs> We've done this so many times. I can't even remember what the heck I'm doing. Let's Great get down. It's time for this week's topic. <laughs> Let's get down to the nitty gritty. <laughs> so you threw me off. Stretchy even pants. Mine was terrible. You need some stretchy pants. That's right. Sometimes, Chancho, and men must wear the stretchy pants. So, uh, okay. So it, it, this kicks straight into my first point. In fact, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll put these in the chat for you, Pete, because hey, we're getting close to the end here. So, uh, might as well keep it kind of, kind of, uh, uh, professional, right? So there we go. Um, those are the points I have. They're not bulleted. So you got to kind of make it out. But, um, so one, one of the things that, that's going to really come in full swing here, um, no segue needed is that one of the things that Pete and I have kind of modeled is the idea that being authentic is better than being respected. You know, um, if, if you look at a lot of people, um, you know, that are presenting in, uh, you know, Christian media, Christian broadcasting, there's a, a persona, you know, you get that when you're a pastor or a leader, there's a persona. And, you know, like um, I can mention any one of, you know, the, the names, you know, Tim Keller, uh, Ed Stetzer, you know, any, any of the guys, uh, Greg Laurie, who just did a Harvest Crusade or, you know, and, and you don't really know the real them. You know, you don't talk about them stabbing themselves in the leg. You don't talk about what movies they think or what they think of Spider-Man or how they hang out with their kids or whatever. We have, from the beginning, I think, modeled that on this podcast because at least for a church planner, you're going to be up and close and personal with your people. And so what I learned uh, early on in ministry, I started off in megachurch and I went to Wales where everything was small. And I... I, you know, I quickly learned like, oh, people were, there's no buffer here. And in church planning, there's no buffer. People are going to get to know the real you. And so I learned in church planning to just tell people like, this is who I am. Just get to know me right away. Um, you know, it, whatever you can say about me, um, or accuse me of is probably worse than, or probably better than, than the real deal, than the, than the me that God knows. That's not to say like, I was justifying any kind of simple behavior or, you know, whatever, but it was a way of just asserting to people that, Hey, get comfortable with yourself because you're going to have to live with that guy. You know, you just get comfortable with yourself, lead out of authenticity. Um, because, you know, sooner or later, uh, the mask is going to fall. And you're getting, you're going to get to know the real person. I mean, that, that's one of the things. It's one of the things when Barnabas Piper first started getting known, people were always asking him, what's your dad like? What's it like living with your dad? And he'll talk about the quirks that his dad has. And people love that stuff because it's funny and you feel like, okay, I see the leader in the pulpit. I want to get to know the real guy because. 
people might only see me in the pulpit, but I live with this other guy all these different hours of the week. Um, so, you know, 24 hours a day, um, you know, times seven minus one hour, how much of the real us, you know, do, do people know? So I learned early on in ministry that if, if you want to respect, uh, if you want respect, um, go into some other field than church planning, right? Because you're going to be unpacking the trailer. You're going to be, you know, this and that. So that's one of the reasons that Pete and I have Smack Talk. It's only one of them, though. One of them is we just really enjoy it and we like it. And uh, like Pete says, we work out our friendship here. But the other part of that is just a model of authenticity, that you can be spirit-filled. You can um, be discipling and saving souls and doing some really big kingdom stuff and still be you. That's kind of the secret. Word. <laughs> well, I thought maybe you would have something to say about that one, especially. No, I just was thinking back actually about one of our guests that we had on last year. Um, I guess right before or right after COVID started is in May of last year. And uh, old friend of mine from college, who's a pastor up in LA County somewhere. And, um, and he was saying how, like when he preaches, he's always using stories from his life and <laughs> he's got like, people are like, Oh, Ryan, uh, it, don't go any further. Cause it, like, he would just like, he was very honest with people about his own shortcomings where he screws up continually in his life. Like he's not one of those guys who's trying to just put on a face and a front and, you know, be like me kind of a person. I mean, he's just like, I'm as, I'm as real as the rest of you. And that's, I think what you want. Well, you mentioned something too, and that was, um, and I, I think this is the spirit in which we did this. You mentioned at one point, you're like, you know, I got this from my kids. My kids can always go back and listen. It's like people really do get to know us um, to a yeah. certain degree. I, I would argue that, um, same with preaching, um, Lloyd-Jones would talk about like this special relationship that would happen between a, um, a preacher and his congregation. Because the preacher looks out and knows the people sitting in front and in, in, in the congregation knows their problems, knows a lot of their issues, particularly in a smaller church. But, um, but you, they also start to feel like they know you. I would say our audience, um, our listeners probably feel they know us pretty well by now. And so when we bump into them, a lot of times there's a warmth and there's a, because they've traveled with us for 400 something episodes. There is a relationship. Um, I think you and I, when we're talking to them, there, there is a, I, I'm picturing, like I have a picture of my listener every week. My listener is the church planner who is struggling, the church planner wondering if they got it right, the church planner wondering like, am, am I, am I off track? What am I missing? Um, you know, uh, having people, you know, leave, having people betray them, having people. So sometimes I want to make them laugh. You know, I just want to get them to laugh for a few minutes and to relax. And there is a, there is a, a portion of this that I would say is soul care. Um, but I think people do know that we care for them. And that kind of leads into the next point, um, that I call cha-ching. You know, so we're looking at our values, right? So being authentic is better than being respected. Second one is cha-ching. We made a, a rule early on. 
on this podcast that we would always say cha-ching when we were promoting uh, anything personally. Like I think that had to do more because we found it funny. Yeah. Than anything else. Well, it, it absolutely like that's what it, but it, it really is a value as well because you and I never saw the planter and we even had talks about this. We were like, dude, I know how to make money. You're like, I, I got to keep these two worlds separated. Cause you're like, I can make money, but I don't want to flick that switch with church planners. I remember we would have those talks and cause we did the Bible thing and granted we did that at a fraction of the cost of what you would have done something like that for in your day-to-day job. And I just remember you're like, yeah, no, it's not really about the money. You know, let's, uh, let's just, let's just do it and see, see what happens. We'll keep it affordable for planners, yada, yada. But there was never the desire to make money off of planners. And I've, I've had people contact me. I've had companies contact me and I will always give them the spiel that church planners are like veterans. You don't screw with them, right? Like you don't screw with a veteran because they're sacrificing everything. You know, soldiers sacrifice, they risk it, they put it on the line. And I feel the exact same way about church planners. So will I offer training for money? Yes. But is it an affordable price point? Yes. Am I hoping to provide more value than what they pay? Yes. Um, but uh, but it's never been about to make money. In fact, this this podcast probably will go down as one of the uh, most wasted opportunities for monetizing something that, you know, probably <laughs> existed in the church planning space because you and I did not set up a website to collect money. You know, I'm just thinking of other church planning uh, podcasts that did that. You know, they... Um, there was one that was big and it, it set up this big thing and it made tons of money. And, um, you know, and, and you and I intentionally did not go that route because it wasn't like, Hey, this podcast is a means to an end. Now we did want to start a magazine. Um, and, and we did start the podcast to proclaim the magazine. But at the end of the day, we kind of came to see that, Hey, wait a second. This podcast actually is more valuable. We yeah, think the to podcast the is way the bigger than the magazine. Yeah. So any thoughts on that? No, no, I would just say that I I don't think, I mean, for us, there was always this, the sense that we don't want to take advantage of church planners. Yeah. We, and I wouldn't even say that we were opposed to making money. We just didn't want to take advantage of them. Yeah. And that doesn't mean you can't ever make money because we did. We had the Bivo inner circle. I had the platinum Bivo group. Um, I mean, we had that stuff, but, but like specifically the, uh, the platinum group, which was five grand to come through it. If you did the single pay, if you did the pay over time, it was like 6,500, which is what almost everybody did. Right. Um, I would talk to them beforehand and I would tell them, Hey, look, when we have this phone call, I'm not going to let you sign up. Like, this is just information. This is for you to find out if this is right for you and for me to find out if I think this would be right for you. Mm. And I wouldn't, I mean, there were several people that I'm like, look, I don't think this is going to be good for you. And here's why. But at the same time, because I'm such a massive introvert, going into sales would not be a wise choice for someone who's as massive an introvert as me. And that's what I'm in. So I believe you can always work through those things that 
could be hindrances. Right. But it's better to know, hey, this is a problem that I'm going to have to work through if I'm going to choose to do this. Right. And that's where I wanted everyone to be at was like, you knew this is good for you or not good for you. And and really, I, w- I would look at it a lot and I'd you know, talk to different passions. I'd be like, look, you're, you're a shepherd. I can tell from what you've done and how you're talking to me. You're a shepherd. And I go, it's harder for shepherds to make money doing what, what we do because it's not about that whole relationship and counseling. It's about you need to do this, Mr. Client, and get it done. It's more like the teacher. The teacher could just go, look, boom, do it. And I'd, I'd be like, I want you to understand that because you're going to have to work through that if you're going to do this as a business. So I just want to make clear that everyone understands it. it wasn't that we were opposed to making money. It was like, we just, we respected church planners and we wanted them yeah. to like go into it with their eyes wide open, no matter what it was like, yeah. have your eyes wide open. Yeah. I remember um, you and I chatted at one point and I'm like, well, what if, what if, uh, you know, someone comes in, takes all of our stuff and just uh, hops out and you're like, we let them. <laughs> like, what are you really? going to do? Yeah, just- yeah. You're like, I'm like, what if, you know, you, you would offer money back. I remember people going, oh, am I, you know, in fact, I don't know if anyone said they wanted their money back, but there was an issue with one guy who was like, I don't have the money to pay. And they're like, okay. You know, like it was just the way that, that you conducted yourself. I learned a lot from that. Like what I hated is when, and this happened on several occasions. So people sign up for the payment plan. Yeah. And if they would talk to me, I mean, almost anything they say, I'd be like, all right, whatever. You know, you, you need to readjust the payment, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. What I detested is someone who's saying, hey, I'm a pastor and I'm going to flake on this bill and I'm never going to reach out to Pete. And Pete's sending me these letters and I'm just going to ignore it. Like yeah. that is a character issue. Right. And that would irk me, but not to the point where I was like, you know, feeling like I lost out. I was just like, why just freaking talk, just literally talk. It's not like I really cared that much about the money because especially at the time I was doing all that, I was making so much money with my other clients. (laughs) I was like, whatever, dude. You know, it's like a, it's a drop in the bucket. I remember us talking and I'm like, that's a lot of money to me. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, at that time it was, and, um, you know, but it it never was about the money. In fact, I think we ran that program for like a year and it was rad and people really helped from it. And I think at the end of it, like, which is typical for me, it was like, Hey, this is more time than what I have right now. And um, that's what things usually come back to for me is time. Um, But, you know, uh, the, the next one was bigger is not better. Um, oh, by the way, the f- the first two are things that you can apply to your church plant. Um, uh, there might have been things, that, you know, values we showed on the on the podcast, but we were trying to model those for you as a planter with your church. Like, don't ever see your church as, the, you know, the the means to get rich quick. You know, like it's not going to be that if you're a church planter. Um, you know, you're, you're going to need to be Bible, which is something that we also through that Bible program modeled and talked about. Um, maybe we should kick straight into Bible on this. Um, Bible was one of our, our values, wasn't it? Yeah, still is. I mean, I would say even more so today that, uh, I believe personally that Bible 
needs to be happening more, which is not to say that I think it's the only way or the best way, because I, I believe God calls people to different things, right? God calls yeah. people to full-time ministry for sure. But I think you can have a bigger influence when you're yeah. a part of the community you're trying to serve, not just speaking at the community you're trying to serve. Right. But like you're in it, you're working with them. You're, you're doing yeah. everything that they have to do. They got to wake up and take kids to school and go to work and you're doing the same thing. And you're out there with real people, not just in this little bubble of, you know, you got your secretary and, you know, the youth pastor and the worship leader. And I mean, that's the bubble you operate in. And then, you know, all the heathens show up on Sunday and we preach and sing and all that, <laughs> you know, it's like, I really think Bivo is probably the best way for the average church planner to go for sure. Way yeah. more than just, you know, all of a sudden, because then it, it changes the dynamic of the church. Like if you get your income from the church, then you're always pushing for what do we do to get more people here? What do we do to, you know, get the tithes up? Uh, you know, trying to make a living wage is difficult, dude. Like, yeah. And then you're like, oh, well, we got to get a smaller place because, you know, I still got to make X, but we don't have Y coming in. Right. So we need rent to be Z over here. And it changes the dynamics. But when it's like, okay, look, the money that the church brings in, that's going for all the church stuff because I right. got my income somewhere else. Like you and Charlie were, I think, great examples of that. Charlie has a great job. I mean, he's just one of those type of employees that always gets, you know, really good paying jobs. And he just yeah. wasn't worried about the income from it. And you could see his heart. Like he really was there to serve, to serve God in his job. Yeah. And you weren't, you were there to make money. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, like, well, we, we had a talk once and he goes, you know, cause we were talking about, um, you know, we're team leadership and we're equals and what have you. And at a certain point we were talking about, you know, there's that concept of first among equals. Now we're true team, true equals, but I took the lead on a lot of things because I was a guy set apart full time. And one of the times we were chatting, um, Charlie made the admission. He goes, yeah, he goes, if I want to be first among equals, I think I'd have to put my butt on the line like you and make peanuts, you know, and, and, and set myself aside because that, that's what it is really is when you're setting yourself aside full time. And I wasn't full time. I, I, I had my Bible job. There's one year at refuge. I was full time. Um, but prior to that, I wasn't. And so, you know, I was teaching university course to make up, you know, or I was doing a couple other things here and there. But, um, but those, those little things that I was doing, um, it was so I could be set apart primarily, you know, and then, and then over the years, I would do like through the word part time, contract work, or I take little contracts here and there. Those are the kinds of my book advance. I mean, I lived off. They weren't much, but I lived off. Like, the, mm -hmm. I was an extra, if I stretch out, it'd be like an extra thousand a month for a year. You know, I think my first book advance was like 15 grand. And I was like, well, there's a year, you know, a thousand bucks a month coming. Like, I counted on that stuff. So I was living pretty hand to mouth for a while there coming off the mission field. But, um, but for a year there, I made a full time wage and that was great. Um, but what I was going to say is that you, um, you kind of, uh, I will say it this way. I keep bumping into bivocational ministers, ministers that have gone that way and they're just happy. They're happy. They're, there's this peace about them that wasn't there before. Um, 
It's something you said years ago, having money solves a lot of the problems that not having money creates. And I've always thought about that, you know, like what a great statement. It doesn't do anything else other right. than that. Yeah. You know, but that's, that's what it does. And, and so I, you know, I'll bump into almost all the guys I trained back in 2015. We did this church planning train station in, in Oceanside. Almost every single one of them now is a bivocational. And they're so happy when I buy, they're like, Hey, I'll mm. buy lunch. Cause I always bought them lunch. They're like, I'll buy today. And it's like, they have money, their family, they, 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 their families are doing good. Their wife can, she could buy a purse if she wants to, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it's just a game changer for them. And, um, I like to look back and just think we helped contribute to that conversation. You know, we modeled it. Um, and we, we talked about it, um, before it was cool and, uh, and just really championed that for eight years. It's interesting. You bring up that line before it was cool, because I really, I mean, obviously in some parts of the country, it's still not cool to be Bible. And a lot of people, yeah. Oh, you know, that's not a real pastor. He's not full time. And I still remember my dad being a pastor and, you know, like being Bivo, which he, he was for many years, I think pretty much all my high school, hmm. um, he, he was Bivo and society will see that as a lesser, he's doing a lesser job. He's right. a lesser man. Right. And the reality is no way, man. It's, I mean, it's greater when you've been on both sides. He was sides. a school teacher at Juvenile Hall. Like he wow. literally, and he wanted to stay at Juvenile Hall. He actually, he used to joke. He goes, look, Juvenile Hall is one of the best places you can be a teacher. Because if the kid screws up, you get to send them back to their room. <laughs> and no one wants to go back to their room. Because it's like, not like the room at home. I didn't know that. That's so like funny. It's like prison room. It's no, I want to be in school, Mr. Mitchell. You know, but, but think about the impact that he had on kids because he would teach science and he goes, I get to teach creationism as one of wow. the theories. <laughs> and so, he, wow. and plus being a juvenile hall teacher, it's not like they can just run out and grab another teacher. Like that's a special teacher that they need that works there. Dude. And, when, when you would tell me about your dad, like when we first started, I'm like your dad. Cause I would use that same term. I'd be like, your dad was, was a Bible church planner before it was cool, like way yeah. before it was cool. Like, way. like it, it was the conversation shifted now where people get the more missional aspect of it, where it's starting to be like, Oh yeah, Paul was that. And he was intentionally, wow. You know, that's hardcore. But in your dad's date was none of that. People right. didn't think they, they felt sorry for that. And yet your dad yes. was onto something, you know, back then, like, it and it was wasn't even, hardcore. it wasn't intentional. Like it was, I mean, it was intentional in the sense that he literally had to do it because the church couldn't afford to pay him. Right. He wasn't thinking this is the missional. Yes. He was not like going into it going, this is what God wants. But But how rad is that? that He was like, that's what the, because at the core of it, it's, this is what the mission dictates that I must do. And, and I don't have any problem with that. You know, Sean Banesh just wrote an article. I'm a huge fan of Sean Banesh. Love what he writes. Um, he, I'll give him a shout out intrepid.com. Um, but, um, Sean wrote, you know, he, he wrote this article today on survival and it was basically like, Hey, you know, um, some of you are doing this for survival reasons and other you are doing it for mission. He says, neither one is better than the other because at the, at the bottom of the line, it's still the mission that you're on. Like there is no, 
there is no better than, than anything else. So, but, um, but anyways, uh, well, those, those are our, uh, those are our, uh, our values. I think that's all we're going to get through. So next week we'll continue this list. Is it a part two? Is it a part two? two? You knew I had to do that before the end. (laughs) So, Oh, we can stretch it out for three. Who are you kidding? Uh, yeah, come on. No, we got to do our greatest hits. Our, our our final episode has to have our greatest hits. So you and I reminiscing and, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, I, I just, you know, I, I, I want to kind of say one of the, one of the things that, that I am proud of though, Pete, is there are planners today out there that um, this is more for you than it is for me, but there are planners out there today that, um, you know, because of the work that you and I did, um, in Bio, primarily you, um, they're, they're, they're not poor anymore. You know, like they were willing to be poor, but they actually can take care of their families and they're happy and kind of like the guys I was talking about on the ground. But, um, that just to me is such a huge, like the, the, the things have moved a little bit, which is really exciting. I know, um, one of our, one of our Bio guys, who, you know, I, I, I can honestly say this is a man who I respect immensely. He, he told me, and I think I've shared this on the podcast. He goes, I used to be more of a socialist because, because I never really could see myself ever being able to make money. Mm. And he goes, and now I'm able to make money. And he goes, now I'm understanding you capitalists a lot better. <laughs> I think I know who you're talking about. Oh, I'm too. sure you do. <laughs> yes. Immense respect for him as well. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's cool. Uh, Pete, anything else you got going on by way of podcasts or things going down? Uh, Dan Sam's church planner in Ohio. He runs a uh, house church network out there in Ohio. He and I have a podcast called from concealment which is uh, about as far from church planner podcast as you can get other than Dan's always uh, acknowledging God, Jesus. Hey, that's where I put my faith and hope in, but it's much more of a political started out as a gun podcast. Now it's just us ranting against the, it's us raging against the machine. uh, Shall I say? (laughs) And, uh, but uh, that one, uh, I've got another one thriving Christian business that I do with Dave Negri um, who's out in Florida and um, yeah, so those are the ones that I got. Yeah, so I I am folding down Ministry Ninja podcast as well. You are you really? Know. Yeah, it's been going for a couple of years, but I am resurre- I am starting a new one. So uh, isn't that the one you do with Barry and your and wife? Yeah. So we're going to start a new one, which I won't announce today until it's firmly in place. So give it a couple of weeks. On our final episode, I'll announce that. Um, but so that one's starting up. Um, but, uh, you can still catch ministry ninja on that this week. Uh, we talked about women in ministry, quite a controversial one, and we'll finish that podcast with a two part episode, not intentionally. In fact, when we started that, um, as a two part series, we had no idea that we were going to, um, stop, but, uh, you can still get plantology, the book, um, be sure to pick that up, um, on the course front, uh, Friday, I know this is live on Facebook, um, but you can still, for those of you that want to join it, um, you can go to ministryninja.com forward slash 5Q 
You can check out the course that I'll be teaching live with uh, Alan Hurst every other week. Uh, will be it's the five Q movement planting course. It'll run for twelve weeks every other week over a twenty four week period. So twelve sessions over twenty six months, and uh, that'll be every other Friday at ten a.m. Pacific. And if you want to check that out, um, you can. It's a cheap price point. If you go, it's eight hundred dollars. If you bring someone else, it's four hundred dollars for each additional person. So you can split the cost of that. Um, and the more people you bring, the more you can split the cost. So uh, we're going to record the first session, which will be this Friday. And uh, so if you missed this Friday, don't worry. This will this podcast will air Monday. Um, you can jump into the next 11 sessions and not really miss a ton. Um, just jump in and pick up in the conversation. But uh, yeah, that'll be the 5Q movement planting course with Alan Hirsch and myself. Um, kind of a cool uh, tag team on training there. Um, and you can, again, hit that at ministryninja.com forward slash 5Q. Well, Pete, while you're taking all those courses and listening to all those podcasts, obviously you need someone to do your church finances. Uh, yes, I do. And that's where I rely on the good people over there at Simplify Church. Simplifiedchurch.com. What do they do, Pete? They do everything. They make my church simple. Do they now? Do they now? Payroll taxes, IRS compliance, you name it, they do it. Hey, and one last thing. While you're doing that, you also want to make sure that not only when they come to your page, that they're going to enter the right giving portal and all that, yada, yada, yada. You also want to make sure that when they're watching your YouTube videos or listening to your sermons on, you don't want them to go away from the site to go to the podcast and then they're not there anymore. You want to keep them on the site uh, so that they can, you know, be like, hey, maybe I donate to this or whatever it is. But you want to keep them on the site. And to do that, Pete, you need sermonboss.com. Sermonboss? Sermonboss.com. Oh, I thought it was MoGiv. Okay. <laughs> S E R M O N B O S S. That's the best. So uh, that'll probably come up on the final episode where we talk about our greatest hits. How we used to go to conferences and speak, and uh, people, people would start shouting, "Mogiv, M O G I V." You know, no we, no we, no we. That's right, man. That was funny. That was yeah. funny. Every once in a while, still. Every once in a while, still, I think the last time I went and spoke at something, someone said it just for fun. So there's some there's some oldies out there, man. So, all right. Hey, thanks for joining us. This has been the Church Planner Podcast. This has been Peyton Jones and Pete Mitchell reminding you, if you want to reach the ones nobody's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, 
which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplantermagazine.com. 